where, why, or how Yesterday is done, tomorrow might not come I said right now, let's talk now Loud ashtrays Podcast for the streets. I'm your host, Mr. Bernsatiba. I don't give a fuck. I tell it how it is, and I don't need a co-signer either. I have to give my shout-outs to my people in Israel, United Kingdom, Norway, Canada, um, my new people from Germany now, France, Brazil, and USA, USA. I have you today. This is for my gamers. I had to because I'm a huge gamer. So I had to bring this man on here. I had to, okay? Now, please, uh, correct me if I'm saying your name correctly. Favis? That's uh, Favis, actually. Can you hear me Favis? okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Stephen Favis. He is founder. Now, brother, forgive me this, too. Um, every it, You're my, my guinea pig, okay? I'm a bona fide bonafide pothead, but I got a brain on me. So everything right here is coming from memories. If I leave anything out, let me know, but I don't. People think I'm a burnout. I might act like I am, but I'm not. Okay. Steve Favis, okay. Founder and Chief Technical Officer of FARCOR. It's an acronym for um, Favis Advanced Robotics Corporation. Programmer, I must see. Nineteen eighty-four, at six years old, he learned how his learned programming language. Now, what we're gonna get back to that because some of my people who don't know what programming language is, I think it's called um, we, Amiga, Amiga Basic. Um, he helped his blind father learn. His father was a practicing psychiatrist. I remember it like this because it was just touching. He would read, and his, his father was blind. Yeah, he would read to his dad. The program books. So his dad would learn programming through memory. You through memory, like he didn't even read. You know, you know how people read books and obtain um, the knowledge through seeing. This man did it through his, from his son. That's pretty badass. Okay, he went to college for computer science and gaming development. Mm. Worked in the industry of video games for twelve years. Won numerous industry wise. Hackathon, I think it was called, okay, and received, let me see, a prestigious award, 2018 Intel Top Innovation Award for USA, USA, (laughs) you are a designer of, let me see, now I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, B08, a social robot? Yes, that's correct. All right, all right, and I don't remember the other word, I think started with an accept. Scepter. Scepter, yep. Scepter, okay. An advanced AI display smart speaker, right? You got to tell me about that. That's banging. And yep. and you hold patents in advanced humanoid robotics, right? Social robotics and yes. smart speaker techs. And, am I missing anything? No, that's actually very, very good uh, research there. That's pretty in awesome. Your, you pretty much nailed it. Face to everybody. Just have a burnout. Now, now, 
why he talked. I know, bro. I, 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 there's always a method to my madness, okay? You was in the video game industry? Yes. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to have fun most of my life, and I, and, uh, I started studying game development uh, after I failed calculus four times and couldn't, couldn't finish my computer science degree. So I just went into game development and, uh, it was probably the best, best choice I made because I got to learn all the latest tools and stuff like that. And, uh, I ran an iOS business app business for a while before that I worked at electronic arts, worked on the Simpsons game and, uh, it was a fun industry. Wait, 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 what year? Uh, this was 2007, I believe. If you look at the Simpsons game, I'm credited on that game for oh. Xbox 360 and uh, PlayStation 4. Are you, are you a gamer now? Oh, I'm I'm I'm, an, I still, I'm still an avid gamer, but I mostly have time. It's mostly social for me. I like playing like Battlefield, like first person shooters with my friends, but we're all getting old, so we're kind of slow now. So <laughs> I guess don't say about that. Okay, fine. Okay, now keep going. Now, um. 12 years with the specific companies you worked at in gaming or was yeah so I, I formed after i worked at electronic arts i formed my own app development business uh called um amion entertainment i think around 2008 and uh, we were pre uh ios app store bubble basically or the apple app store it was before like all the big companies jumped on it was too early for them for a while but then after the market got large um the bigger companies jumped on and became more competitive so um, yeah, it was a very fun company. I I was I had my first app I ever released on the iOS app store. I was featured by Apple um, for Armored Tank Assault. Basically, it's a the it was the first 3D tank game. Basically, it's really fun game. Very simple, very fun game. Now I have a lot of people that are not tech savvy or know anything about them. The the computer jargon. Well, uh, the jargon of the tech. Industry for so explain to them what is so that they get a better from somebody who knows what he's talking about programming language. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, there's there's three layers on the computer. Like the the primary layer is the hardware layer, where all where it's basically binary and it does all those computations. Then there's a second layer, um, which is kind of the uh, the software layer, which hosts like the operating system and stuff like. That. And then there's the third layer of of the operating or the the system where where you write code and it, it converts the code, the, the syntax, like uh, into a machine code so that your machine will do the co computation. So, um, so pro there's different, there's tons of programming language. You know, uh, Amiga Basic was back in 1984, basically. But I'll all it is it. really, you're just giving the computer instructions on what to do, how to do it, and when to do it, and what to calculate, and what to compute, how many times, or whatever. You're just telling the computer what to calculate, basically. That's all, that's all coding really is. It's it's just very logical, and you you have to follow the language that the computer is using, and the computer compiles the code, converts it to, to machine code, and then the the program instructs, or the the program instructions are sent and calculated, and then you see the display or the audio or whatever, and all this stuff that's going on basically. So that's that's essentially programming in a nutshell. Hmm. And I'm glad you you broke it down like that because it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. If if I'm grasping it right now and i'm smoking a lot of people don't smoke to grasp it okay that might have a, there's always a method to my madness you won numerous industry-wide hackathons yeah that's correct yeah yeah the uh the biggest one was the intel perceptual hackathon they're using a uh, depth sensing camera it's kind of like a uh <laughs> 
infrared and uh, RGB camera, which is like the you know regular camera and also some uh, has some depth sense to it basically. And we created uh, like four or five apps in like a day. So we 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 were just cranking them out, and we we, uh, we got first place. Yeah, the team. Go ahead. How many was on your team? Oh, there there was only two two coders. Me me we both only me and another coder. We both we both uh, programmed four apps between the two of us in 20, 24 hours, which is pretty pretty fast for uh, just getting access to the SDK. So we were pretty fast programmers. Okay, so, see, my brother works in the um. Well, he was in the um the marine. He was he made a career of twenty years. That's awesome. And just that's in, he's in this field. Okay, now he works for the government as a um, consultant, something like that. Nice. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he does brief a lot of um, big wigs and all. And this all dealing with um the computer and this world. And he's a gamer too. Listen, we had every every system they were from the very beginning. From 2600 and on up. So there's nothing we don't know about when it comes to gaming. That's fantastic. <laughs> I always I always say that uh, gaming is the gateway drug to technology. Yes. We used to talk about, hey man, because he was going to he was going to the Marines, right? And I I still I, I couldn't make it out of um I was down one point from the ASVAB. Oh well, long story. But anyways, and I'm like, man. Imagine we could play video games together from here to here. Go, yeah, that'd be awesome. And look, to this day, now we can play video games from across the world. And shit that's like awesome. That. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. Yeah, Gen. We I think we're the luckiest um, generation, Gen X, because we've seen everything. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, we've been um, through a lot of. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so I, I don't mean to get off because you know this is what happens. This is what happens when you're speaking to somebody that's high. Now, here's my other question: Is you're a designer, right? It says a yes. designer of B. Zero eight, a social robot. Explain to what a designer is. <laughs> so basically, I, I consider myself a designer. I, I design from the outside in. Basically, I, I, I choose a form factor that will be compatible with with whatever the the usage is. In this case, it was it was kind of like a social robot that you could talk to. It's kind of like an Alexa, but it was mobile. It had mobility and cameras on it. And it also, you could do like karaoke. So like sound and music was really important. So we, we put a big 12 inch speaker on its back and two, two smaller uh, subwoofers on its side, basically. And then there would be a screen in the front so you could look at the robot while you do karaoke or whatnot, or, or just play music and games on him, too. Also kind of a gaming rig, so kind of a multi-use social robot, basically. And where could this be found? Oh, gosh. So this is a, this is a good story. This is one thing. Uh, basically, what happened was we, we, we got hit economically by, uh, by the China, Chinese government state-sanctioned economic hit to right. uh, to slow down and interfere with our our technology developments basically so they're they're trying to get the original patent the 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 seraphim which is the humanoid robot that was the original one they're trying to to get and they they kind of uh, i want to say baited us with uh with and slowed us down with with uh funding us for side projects that, that were unrelated basically so it was a- and you fell for it I fell for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay, yeah. bro. I would have fell for it too. The money looked good. Oh, I got that's this right. You yeah, they, they, it, oh, you motherfuckers. Okay. Right. It was a total, perfectly well executed economic hit, basically. So, wow. Uh, had, had, it not, had it not been for them, we would have these, the Seraphim or these advanced humanoid robots doing agriculture right now. So, it was a successful wait, hit wait, by wait, them. Wait, 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 wait. See, not, not now, now, now. So, that's why I highly everybody know. Who they talking to? Because you, now you, you get into the meat and bones. Yep. 
Um, that's a real another reason why I wanted you on here. So get back to Seraphine, you were just speaking about right there, please. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. The, the reason why I was able to innovate that that robotic system, basically, in summary, Seraphim is a humanoid with anatomically similar uh, artificial bones and muscles to to a real human, basically. And what I realized, I did a, uh, a NASA DARPA hackathon in maybe 2013, I think. And what I realized was I was testing logic in a, in a, in a game engine because I was a game developer. And I realized if I accelerate the clock, I could get conclusions to the to the algorithm much faster in a, in a game engine. Mm. What, what that told me was that if we could control complex robotic systems in a simulator at an accelerated pace and get the results as fast as we can, as so we could train them a lot faster in a simulator rather than programming it and then seeing how it walks in the real world and picking it up when it falls and trying to stop it from falling and all, all the above. And not only that, but we can change the environment faster too. And we can also train the perception in the simulator. If you think about all these game engines between our eyes, our RGB eyes, our, our, you know, our, our, uh, our eyes that only that see color and depth and a game engine, it's almost identical from the real world to the, to the actual eyes we see the perspective we have. So why can't we just train the robots using, using a simulator also? So vision, uh, logic and, uh, learning can all be done in a simulator at an accelerated pace. And we can also do stuff like change lighting, like make it darker, lighter, blue light, red light, evening, uh, afternoon, dark, you know, and change the perspective of stuff a lot faster and train that a lot faster than just trying to figure it out in the real world at, uh, during real time. So, but so can they better? You know, how people not, can they? The visual be a lot better than ours because technically we can't see that much. We can't see like a stick in the woods if we're walking there. But can the the AI, the computer? Yeah, actually, that? that's a really good question. Uh, so yeah, I I would I would only say that the limitation of vision on the actual robot is limited by the by the quality of the camera that that will be built inside of it, basically. So. If we if we have a small camera the size of a cell phone that can see you know uh, you know uh, a needle in a haystack from you know two three hundred yards then it's 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 possible. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, it's only limited by the by the RGB RGB cameras or um, or the uh, CCDs or um, uh, to camera technology available that that's going to be used for the for the actual system. But on 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 this on that note, we could also enhance it by using already existing human human tools like a telescope. So it could pick up a telescope or like a binoculars, binoculars, whatever, and use that visual tool that already exists, which is uh, the purpose. Yeah, exactly. Which is the purpose of the robot. We, we don't want to design a whole new tool set for a specific robot. We want to use a robot that can use human tools and fit in human spaces and do human tasks. Now, we're, we're, are they bipedal or they're... Um... Yes, that's right. That, so that's a good question. Bipedal locomotion is why I'm targeting, mostly because... It's a solution for um, agriculture, manufacturing, and uh, other dangerous jobs and stuff like that. Basically, so so I, I the the purpose of these things is to, you know to compete with you know Chinese slave labor, Chinese prison slave labor, basically because um, this is what's killing us right now is is that we have this really low low cost labor pool that's basically there. It's you know modern form of slavery in prison camps doing right. manufacturing for us right now. So. If we have we we have modern robots that can outcompete them at a cheaper rate, then then we win economically. 
okay, now, bro, you you were saying you hit on key things that made my my brain. Now you're a gamer. I know you thought about this too. I know you have. Don't tell me otherwise. I know better. So you telling me that these robots, right, can um use human tools, right, for agriculture yeah. and your and such. You don't think our military would see something in them robots and they can do that? Why can't they use a gun? Why can't they drive a tank? Why can't they fly this? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> that That's part of the reason why I moved to Houston, mostly for defense purposes. All you know, right. I, you know, I, I love this country and, you know, uh, the, the constitution right, we have. Right. I love this country, the constitution we have, the freedom of speech. That's right. Uh, the, you know, the all the rights we have. The, the, these are rights that cannot be taken away from us. And this makes us a very unique place in the world. And if you think about the way our, our country was founded and the, the world changes that happened after America was founded with freedom and, and the ability to maintain and keep property, such as an intellectual property, um, it really changed the world. I mean, we got, we got steam, steam trains, uh, we got flight powered flights. Um, a lot of innovation happened after people were not subjects to a king or dictator or whatever. Okay. So, okay. So your robot, you, you, now, is it just the design dealing with the programming or is it just including um, its structure? You know what I mean? It's Yeah, so you bring up an interesting point. Um, so I, I'm focusing at first on bipedal locomotion. Okay. And then, but there, there is a potential with the same simulation to, to do quadrupeds like artificial horses or artificial dogs or whatever. Yeah. So this is completely plaus a plausible situation and we could create an artificial dinosaur if you know, if we could, if we could, uh, you know, we have the resources to basically. So, um, it's, it, it, the simulation training is basically for, uh, rapid accelerated training, way significantly faster than real world training. But the form factor is not necessarily limited to, to bipedal locomotion. It could also be used for aviation. It could, could be used for quadrupeds. It could be used for sea, sea aquatic stuff too. So, so, yeah, hydraulics are they hydraulics yeah so so basically if you look at the patent if you go to patents patents.google.com and you type in my name steven with a ph and my last name f-a-v-i-s you can see that the 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 patent diagrams of what they are but i am using a similar i have a patented muscle technology that <clears throat> is similar to a hydraulic system or mckibben muscle but i modified it with a in, internal uh twisted nylon monofilament Kind of similar to fishing lines and it makes the muscle uh significantly stronger than the traditional mckibben muscle which is kind of like a, a hydraulic it is fluid filled it does have a fluid similar with a similar uh viscosity to human blood or whatnot but it, there are fluids in there but it is not there's no server servos and there's no actuators and like uh, gears and stuff like that in the system it's all it's all organically shaped bio-inspired organic and it's all um wait, 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 wait. So nothing out there. Okay, wait, wait. So it looks like a human. Like yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So if you if you go to if you if you if you have your web browser open, just go to patents.google.com. You can actually look at the actual uh, patent that, that I have. And th this was a patent grant in 2018. So I literally have a monopoly for 20 years on humanoid robots using anatomically similar muscles to to uh, humans. Synthetic yes. version. No, no real biology. I don't like dealing with biology very much. So. Okay. Oh, that's pretty bad. So, what, what do you think in comparison that this the 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 surface feels like? Uh, what what comparison to to what? Anything you know? You said it's like using. You say it looks like a human, so it's not um, metal based. 
Yeah. So, 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 so anatomically we, we're, we have an endoskeleton Our our bones are an endoskeleton. So I decided to choose an endoskeleton structure and copy human anatomy because I think it's as good as it can get, at, uh, you know, for land based, uh, land based manipulation of stuff. I mean, we, you know, five fingers, you know, five fingers on a hand, you know, five toes, you know, all, all the standard human parts, uh, they're all included mostly because I already think we're already designed fine. And I just don't want to have, you know, like loggers losing their lives or firefighters losing their lives when we could send a uh, synthetic humanoids in there for, for dangerous or really boring work or whatever. So how durable are they and strong in their, in, in their strength? Like how, what can they, can they, the same, are humans or a little bit better? Yeah. So, so we're projecting, uh, before a battery charge without an extended battery pack on the back, like a backpack or something, we're projecting a, a standard five mile walking range at a regular pace of a human. And then, but we could, we could, we, it, before it requires a recharge, but we can also um, add a backpack on it. So it'll get additional range, but a five mile walking range. If you think about that, probably the average Walmart employee walks about seven miles a day on a, on an eight hour shift. So you're looking at maybe uh, two to three recharges a day on a, for a Walmart, like uh, last mile logistics from truck to shelf um, tasks, basically inventory and stuff like that. So so just just figure a machine that can that can work, tw you know, approximately twenty two hours a day nonstop. Okay, okay. So can that would it charge itself? Like for instance, it has like a small battery in its body, and it's like yeah, it's correct. Oh. Uh, the the batteries are packed inside of the the bones inside the endoskeleton. So we don't need bone marrow. We don't need any red blood cells. Uh, so I just bad. pack them with with uh, lithium uh, ion batteries or some sort of cold lithium ion cobalt cell battery and then uh, those are all in the big major bones just the pelvis the femur fibia tibia you know and humerus and radius stuff like that all the big bones will have some muscles or have some uh batteries packed inside there so they're pretty strong they're pretty strong i mean they can take a fall they're they're designed to fall like humans can fall and still be okay they're designed to fall and uh they are um covered in a uh external um external silicon kind of like um silicon muscle and right. also skin too so we'll have a skin for him too the patent includes the skin later on the skin is kind of like a, a touch grid on a smartphone except wrapped in 3d geometry of the human body basically so hair, we have touch hair too. hair yeah i mean we we could do anything we, we could design them as males we could design them as women we could design them you know you know or whatever we could we could make them look any way we want to look what is your name for this creation? What did you call it? So uh, my the initial name was Melissa. Uh, that was the first uh, publication. It was, it was Melissa, Melissa Robot. But now it's called. I just rebranded re it Seraphim, which okay. is like supposed to be biblical. It's supposed to be like multicultural, like um, fire gods or something like that. But it's like, and, and it sounds good when it comes to the military too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, again, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very pro defense. And, uh, I, I really want to protect our country, our rights and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I just, I just want us to have, I don't want to have first responders in really dangerous situations where they could actually have a robot, at least reduce the damages and stuff like that of, of whatever, whatever could be happening. So there's fires or whatever and stuff like that. Okay. Now how would they be, 
controlled or they would already know what's going on. Or yeah. Know. Yeah. So just think of it as like a, a canine handler in the military. Were you in the military or was just your brother in the military? My brother, brother, brother. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So think of it as a relationship between a canine handler and the canine, the canine itself, the canine handler has, has perfect control over his, his, his canine, if he's trained, right. And there will be a handler that, for example, a firefighter, a firefighter may have two or three teammates with him. And he just trains them the way he wants to train them. And one of the technologies we use, which is similar to the game industry and uh, the film industry, is human motion capture. So, uh, mocap. Yeah, that's right. Mocap. That's right. Yeah. So we train it. That that significantly limits the data set, the unnecessary data set for the AI to learn. So, so uh, a firefighter may have four or five teammates that he just fought that just follow around that he tells them where, what to do, and he could have he'll have full handle over them. So. It's not like we're really losing jobs. What we're doing is we're creating a, a massively empowered workforce that has, you know, two, three, four, five, you know, up to 10 times the production capabilities of one human being, basically. So we're not, we're not, we're not creating job losses. We're significantly enhancing the performance of a human that already knows what he's doing or he or she's whatever he's or she's doing, basically. So the, the, the robot's not gonna learn. It's already set program exactly how you want, or can it learn? Yeah. So, so the robot will learn. The robot will learn in a dynamic environment, and it will adjust to an environment that's changing a lot. So, for example, um, we don't. That's AI shit. Yeah, exactly. So, so we don't. We're not really gonna create a robot that knows everything, but we are gonna create a robot that's similar to your smartphone. Like you, you can open open up Excel on your smartphone. You can open up Chrome or Safari. Mm -hmm. You know about these different applications, but what's universal is the cell phone itself. And in this case, the robot is 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 universal in this case. But that firefighter could say, "Hey, you know what? I want my robot during the day to help wash the truck, or or do dishes, or you know, dust the the firehouse, or whatever." Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's not it's not like we're going to train every task for everything. There's going to be an application specific for every application that's going to be needed for the robot. So it would, it would be normal for a firefighter crew to have, you know, two, three or four of these things. And he could just switch out the the application depending on what the robot is going to need, need to do, basically. So that's kind of the summary of it. You know, I have a lot of females and males. So now we got to get with the males right now. So listen, man, that sounds bad as hell. That sounds so bad. To just imagine if I'm a Marine and I'm running in a battlefield and I got those robots next to me, right? Yeah. Very well. They're aiming, and they could just go and take the shots for themselves. They could even set up for the reeds to be safe without. Man, that's bro, that that's ingenious. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or in in certain cases, you, the the squad leader of these robots would be somewhere else. So yes. they could watch. Yeah, so they they could literally uh, watch and give. A, I always want a human in the loop, though. There should always be a human in the loop making a judgment call whether. Uh, you know, green light or not, basically. Right. So this is this is why we need to have this type of technology in the in our country in our government because there will be adversaries that will just kill all warm targets, and the only thing that we can get to fight another AI is a better AI, basically. A better AI. Anyway, Rick. So how are they communicating then? So that one human in the middle is, is yeah. already broke. So you say it would learn from its environment at the yes, same correct. Yep. 
fans yeah. from the leader? Oh, keep, tell me about it. Tell me. Yeah. So, so for example, like, uh, uh, let's see, he's breaching a, a facility. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's use, let's, let's say they're breaching a door where there's, uh, something going on where they need, they need to check a facility or check a, a house or something breaching a door. Or they know there's armed people in there. Breaching door is one of the most dangerous jobs in the military. Yes. And that first person through the door, uh, is just at huge risk basically. Mm-hmm. So let's just send a robot through that, that breach to breach the door. And then, um, and they could plan it accordingly the, the way yep. they want yep. So, um, so this, this is, you know, the stuff like this is where the robot can take the brunt of it. And that that's where we don't, we shouldn't really care about these things as like, um, I want to say, um, as, uh, like pets or whatever, these are just tools. They're just tools. And they, they only do what they're trained to, to, yes. to, um, to work with. And in this case, in this situation, in this case, um, the, the, the best information about the facility would be trained on early. Um, and where it's going to be located and the communication between the squad leader and the, the robots will be trained thoroughly before the mission, before it happens, basically. And, uh, and there, there will be certain specifications that the, the go green light, whatever will happen. And that that's between the squad leader and the, the, the squad he has with robots base or just the first robot. There may only be one robot and the rest may be regular humans too. So. So the robots can be, um, uh, so they're, um, Remote controlled, right? But in what sense? Yeah, exactly. So they, excuse me, they can be remote controlled, or you can go side by side with them. It depends on it depends on what happens. But for the most part, we will be able to see what what these these robots are perceiving through their eyes. Awesome. So they could see what's happening. They could they could uh, gather information or or you know uh, uh, gather the mission data as far as um, audio and also video from their eyes and perspective or whatnot. So there could be a remote remote control option where where you know, like I said, a uh, um, a squad leader or a commander will say "go, no go" on uh, targeting and stuff like that. So, no, you know what? <sighs> now, this is one job I would like it for him to take. Okay, yeah. So, if it can do those, if it can do enough to be in a, a in a unit, right? Yeah. So that means that motherfucker could actually defuse bombs. Yes, exactly. Again, that's a very very dangerous task that. That we would really in a, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb squad unit can literally um, look through the VR and figure out how to de- defuse the bomb, basically. So they could they could use their hands and uh, sync it up with the uh, an augmented reality version of it or something like that in real time. Okay, well, why could see, see that's how my brain thinks. Okay, so how how would is it always going to be at a certain intelligence, or will, is there going to be a, a room for upgrades? And how would it be upgraded? Yeah, so <clears throat> it depends on the actual um, the situation, but it, it's it, what's going to happen over time as the units train at whatever unit, whether well, you know it doesn't necessarily have to be military purposes, mm-hmm. but uh, as the like chef or cook or or farmer builds mm-hmm. trust with these units and customizes the 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 features of that farmer area, um, the program's going to be very uh, tailored to that area basically for that specific machine. And if a machine does go bad, when you get another one or a replacement or repaired, the logic will still be there. It'll, it'll still know what to do basically. So um, it, it's very specific towards the area that it's going to be working in, basically. And uh, every unit's going to have a little bit of different custom programming. 
but they will be very easily trainable by authorized trainers um, and handlers. And um, again, if the logic is bad uh, from the simulator, it'll never get pushed to the actual real world system, basically. So that's a good, another check and balance. Make sure we don't have a, a rogue AI or whatever. So you watch movies, right? Of course, definitely. Yeah, I love that. That just sounds like iRobot, man. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's some similarities. I think uh, no, a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, 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 Isaac Asimov's like three laws are a little too, a uh, little too high level, a little too abstract. But um, the, for the most part, we're we're not going to have a collective system where um, where they're all like in sync and you know they have objectives like oh why are we working I don't feel like working or humans are just in the way or slowing things down. They're not going to have that that type of thinking. All they're really going to do is train what they do, which is repetitive, boring, or dangerous task. And then there's still an extension of a of of a computer or whatever that can manipulate the real world. They're 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 never going to think for themselves. They're never going to have that ability to have that pre pre uh, conception or or um, premeditation that that people may have. They'll never be like that. And I, I think there's some seeing things going on in biology that we can't replicate now. So we should never try to do something like that. Uh, so your, your AI has limitations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you, you can't, people are looking for this magic button in AI, like click a button and it learns everything. It's not yeah. going to work like that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. You can't, that's, that's absolutely absurd because humans don't, don't work like that. You don't, you don't throw a baby out and let it crawl out and try to figure out how, how it gets its way to college, you know? just doesn't work that way. And what's the average height? So we can make it anything. I I, I did kind of a non-threatening five, six, five, ah. five, six. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be tall or not too tall, but That's not tall. yeah, it's not too tall. It's not going to be intimidating, but uh, potential for larger or smaller frames too. So does, you know, for the most part, it'll probably be like a model T. A lot of them will be five, six, five feet, six inches tall for the first, you know, X production line or whatnot. So can they be taught how to fight? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, oh, I have, I, I have, uh, like hand to hand combat. Yeah, like yes, okay. So yeah, exactly. No, I, I, uh, I have an extensive uh, martial arts background myself. I started training Taekwondo, and uh, right. when I was twenty one, I, I've trained Taekwondo. I've trained Krav Maga. I've trained Capoeira. I've trained mm -hmm. uh, Wushu. I've trained boxing. I've trained right. Jiu Jitsu. So no, I think uh, hand to hand combat is 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 going to be where the highlight of some of the stuff is going because. We don't have to use lethal lethal force to stop yeah. uh, all yeah. certain situations. Sometimes people just need medicine. So you would okay. So how would you program that into into the into that um into human that? motion capture, man? Like a like a Kimura or a uh, arm yeah. bar. You can program all that stuff in with yeah. with human motion capture. Oh, now now if they get captured. Can they um have yeah that's that's another issue there's there is a security issue with these things if they get captured there's a detachment from the actual cloud system that trains it to the actual system that that's running it so it's kind of like saying okay um let me think of an analogy here okay like I have a computer but I don't have access to the internet what can okay. I do you know what I mean okay so there's a the most of the cloud training is off of the actual system so there's a separate system that trains it but once that model is export is the real real world system the ai model is very small so the actual board on the system's like um your your size of your smartphone or whatnot so for the most part even if they capture robots steal robot whatever which is they're trying to do it now obviously 
um, they, they won't be able to program without the cloud-based system, basically. So, hmm. Now, how fast do they learn? Uh, uh, I'm only limited by compute. So I, I, I could train with human motion capture and uh, a good, decent gaming rig with maybe a few, you know, CUDA, CUDA cores. Right. And uh, one, one, I can line up the system and get it doing a walk cycle, standing up and sitting down uh, in all like a dynamic environment, you know, within maybe a week or two or something like that. Not, not very long. So it doesn't take very long to learn these tasks. Bro, you listen, man, I, 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 I don't care who listens. You know, I, I, I wish speak my mind. You're like, I could talk to you for hours. You're like my favorite guest that I ever had. That I had. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Ping me anytime, dude. Ping me anytime you want an interview We're we're, we're doing uh we're launching a crowd based equity fundraise in a couple months here, maybe three to four months, but uh, I, I wouldn't mind showing up on your show again to. Yeah. Next time we're off. I'm very, we're li- like, we're limit, limited on my interviews because we're going video next time. We're, we're going video from here on. Another question is, so you're a gamer. What is your favorite game engine? Uh, my favorite game engine um, yeah. for programming is Unity, but I, I like, I always like the Frostbite. Really? Yeah, Frostbite or uh, Crytek. Those are my favorite, as far as visually hey. appealing, Crytek and Frostbite are my favorite engines. Okay, you're right with the Crytek and Frostbite, but I, yeah. I, I I have a fondness of Unreal. Yeah, you know, Unreal, yeah, Unreal's I great. Unreal. I it's solid. <laughs> it's it's all it's a solid game engine, but um I just for some reason just when the when these developers work with I, I just feel like I get a better a better feel or like a more realistic and uh yeah, you know, Unreal is legit. I like Unreal too, but for programming, I think the most accessible and easily game engine to make stuff is Unity game engine for, for that's my, my favorite. My six years ago. Six years ago, I was ranked number one worldwide on Warframe. Warframe, and today started doing the crybabies are playing because once you get to a status where you could just be number one because you farmed that much, they were yeah. they do enhancement, changing the whole characters. I, yeah. I'm not a big fan of like that. You know what I mean? Play like how I got there. I grind. I put time and yeah. Just, listen, there's too many crybabies, and that's yeah. a, that's a that's a different story. Steve, I appreciate you coming on. It was a blast, but I could talk to you for hours. But I got like my mind is just sparking. I'm like, ah, you got you got a book you want um you working on? Uh, I'm I'm not publishing anything currently. I'm I'm just focusing my energies on uh, on building actual um uh building the robots. There's some trade secrets. I I can't publish everything. Right. But uh, I want to focus on uh, on engineering it. I relocated my shop. I'm reprocessing and relocating my shop from Sacramento, California to uh, Houston, Texas, basically. So it's kind of a big move, but it's for the better, basically. So it's just taking some time. So you work for DARPA? Uh, I I have had meetings with them before. Oh, I've I've you know I've, I've oh, had meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I think. Listen, man, I have you're like my favorite, bro. I can't, and I have like <laughs> celebrities and shit like yeah, you're my favorite, bro. I, I can yeah, thanks you. a lot, man. Ping me anytime, dude. You can ping me anytime. Questions or anything, and you want to do another interview, I'll be more than happy to ping me anytime, man. All right, but I'm Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. I cheer myself on, I don't need you.
right now, let's talk now, loud ashtrays.